know about capitalism, and he's also the Professor Emeritus of Plant and Soil Science at the University of Vermont. So if you miss the show, um, you can find it on our Indigo Radio Facebook page or on SoundCloud. So today, Chris and I are going to be um, doing some songs about war resistance. Um, Chris, can you tell us about why we're doing that today? Well, we, um, we have heard in the news kind of the drumbeat of war um, in the past month about Venezuela, what was happening there, and our ratcheting up the tensions there, and most recently, uh, Iran, and what's happening there. And we have a long history of... Uh, interactions with Iran and we started to look at that and and um, kind of investigate that and it just there's so many connections to um, past history and patterns in uh, Central and South America and so we um, we thought we'd split this into two shows and um, kind of play some songs and talk a little bit about um, what's happening and um, also follow that up with a little bit deeper dive specifically into what's happening to in Iran and some of the history of that. So we'll start off with our first song, which is War by Bob Marley. Something that's familiar to everyone, I'm sure. Until the philosophy which old one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned everywhere is war it's a war that until they're no longer first class and second class citizens of any nation until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes. Miss a war that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race. It is a war that until that day the dream of lasting peace World citizenship Rule of international morality Will remaining but a fleeting illusion To be pursued But never attained Now everywhere is war War And until the ignoble You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. Uh, You just heard War by Bob Marley. And today you're listening to a show about um, songs of resistance to war um, in lieu of the 
so-called conflict with Iran right now. Um, so we just wanted to give a little background. Um, so recently, um, I don't know where to start, but recently um, there have been some tensions over the downing of a U.S. drone over what um, U.S. officials would call uh, international waters, but have not provided the coordinates for where the drone went down. Um, Iran has provided the coordinates and have um, specified that it was over their their waters instead. Um, but also in May, um, the Trump administration announced a 1,500 troop increase after attacks on two oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman. Um, but what's not being said is they're not even U.S. oil tankers. Um, and the Japanese owner of one of the oil tankers has said, you know, this was not even a, a bomb. This was a projectile. Um, so for someone like me, um, you know, I never learned about things like the Gulf of Tonkin until recently. And so after having learned about um, the history of the U.S. going to war, um, over false pretenses, it's becoming much more clear um, how that happens and how history repeats itself, um, trying to convince its own population, the U.S. trying to convince its own population for why we go to war. Chris, what else would you like to say? Well, I, I would like to add, I mean, we could go back almost certainly to the beginnings of this country and the provocation and creating the context or the reason to go to war uh, with Native Americans, certainly uh, it's well documented with the USS Maine um, as a provocation to go and fight Spain and then ultimately take over control of Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines and uh, temporary control over Cuba. Um, and the ratcheting up of, hey, they, they blew up this ship, the Spanish did this, and there's absolutely no evidence that that um, happened whatsoever, but it was created as a context for doing that. Certainly questions about how much we knew about Pearl Harbor um, as you mentioned, Marisa, the Gulf of Tonkin and uh, that kind of fabrication leading us to war. And we certainly all know about uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Um, all of those leading to uh, a conflict that um, sent millions and millions of U.S. Um, civilians into battle to die in these various wars. And so um, I, I, that long history, I thought we'd play a, a song... Um, called um, Shaharayan, and it's by, uh, or it's called, I'm sorry, it's called Morge Sahar, and it's a, it's a song from Iran that, that was um, a folk song from the turn of the century as they were fighting against imperialism in Iran, and it's, it's um, been celebrated since then throughout their history as a kind of a rebellion song and a song to gather people to fight against those who would oppress us, as they said.
Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. Um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the song that we just listened to? Yeah, it's called Morgue Sahar, and it was written um, at the turn of the century, 1906, 1911-ish, and it was um, kind of expressed and talked about the first struggles for democracy during that time, a constitutional revolution in 06 to 11. Um, and it was long before kind of the established European powers had kind of taken over and instituted governance there. And so it was a, a song of their struggle for independence before um, kind of what we now know as some of the European influence that, that followed it. So Morgay Sahar. And today um, we're doing a show on wars, uh, sorry, songs of war resistance um, in lieu of what's happening with Iran right now. Um, and uh, from Matt Taibbi from Reader Supported News, depending on who's doing the counting, the United States has attempted to overthrow foreign governments roughly 72 times since World War II. Iran has not invaded another country in over 150 years. Um, and the United States has been at war 222 of the 239 years since 1776. Um, so we'll be playing you some more songs um, having to do with um, not going to war. And Chris, what else, what's up next? Well, I, w I wanted to m maybe read a little quote from in the light of what you just said, um, the U.S.'s involvement in um, what they politely term regime change or attempted coups or overthrowing government. And in 2000, um, the New York Times released documents that talked about the U.S.'s role in a coup in Iran. And it had been denied for years and years, and pretty much everyone knew that the U.S. and England had been involved in uh, overthrowing a democratically elected government in Iran. And so I'm going to read a little excerpt from that release in 2000 from the New York Times. So, And again, the New York Times hardly a a bastion of kind of left-wingness, but it's, it's certainly uh, uh, respected in terms of what they do. But I'll read this. So, for nearly five decades, America's role in the military coup that ousted Iran's elected prime minister and returned the Shah to power has been lost to history. But a copy of the agency's secret history of the 1953 coup has surfaced, revealing the inner workings of a plot that set the stage for the Islamic Revolution in 1979 and for a generation of anti-American hatred in one of the Middle East's most powerful countries. So according to the New York Times 2000 article, um, Secret History, the CIA in Iran, a special report, uh, the operation was codenamed TP Ajax, and it was the blueprint for a succession of CIA plots to follow. Okay, and we can, we'll talk a little bit more about this later too, but this, this was the blueprint that they followed again and again around the world in Africa, but certainly in Central and South America. Um, to foment coups and destabilize governments during the Cold War, including the agency's successful coup in Guatemala in 1954 and the disastrous Cuban intervention known as the Bay of Pigs in 1961. In more than one instance, such operations led to the same kind of long-term animosity towards the United States that occurred in Iran. Um, and so we can certainly see that growing up. Um, I, I knew about and we was... Um, the, the coup in Iran, and all we, all we knew is that Iran hated America. We didn't know the backstory. I never was told the backstory of any other kind of U.S. involvement. It was just Iran is a, a radical Islamic country, and they hate the U.S., and they hate our way of life. Um, the document, which remains classified, discloses the pivotal role British intelligence officials played in initiating and planning the coup, and then it shows that Washington and London shared an interest in maintaining the West's control over Iranian oil. The coup was a turning point in modern Iranian history and remains a persistent irritant in Tehran-Washington relations. It consolidated the power of the Shah, who ruled with an iron hand for 26 more years in close contact with the United States. He was toppled by militants in 1979. Uh, the Islamic government of Ayatollah Rohollah Khomeini supported terrorist attacks against American interests, largely because of the long American history of supporting the Shah. Even under more moderate rulers, many Iranians still resent the United States' role in the coup and its support of the Shah. Um, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, in her address in March of 
this year of 2000 acknowledged the coup's pivotal role in the troubled relations and came closer to apologizing than any American official ever had before. End quote from the New York Times. So um, that just kind of sets a little bit of the, just a tiny bit of the context um, um, to this Iran-U.S. relations and that blueprint for U.S. involvement in the, in the world and kind of regime change. Um, thought we'd play you one more song um, from Iran called Oh Hum by Darvish. Darvish, um, a song by Nehal Herat, and it was um, a song kind of Iranian youth experimenting with what it, music in a time when it wasn't um, so allowed, just the breaking out of that and um, kind of resistance to what was happening. And so um, I thought it would connect to a little bit what we had, uh, I read a section from the New York Times that um, documented a little bit about the U.S. involvement in the coup in Iran and some of the, as a blueprint 
for future um, involvements in governments, in particular Guatemala, Cuba, but many, many others around the globe. So. Thanks, Chris. Um, and again, you're listening to Indigo Radio and WVEWLP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Um, we're both educators here, but we are also um, faculty with the Spark Teacher Education Program, which uh, provides a one-year master's degree to teachers um, in K-12 through public schools, as well as a license. Um, and we're uh, every Saturday, starting in August and ending in May, uh, the public is welcome to attend our Saturday seminars. Um, and we, yes. All right. So, Chris, what song are we going to listen to next? Um, well, in light of that, I thought I'd play uh, one of my favorites, Washington Bullets by The Clash. Mama, mama, look there You children are playing in the street again Don't you know what happened down there? A youth of 14 got shot down there The cocaine guns are jammed downtown The killing clowns are blood money men Shooting foes Washington bullets again As every cell in Chile will tell The cries of the tortured men Remember Rene in the days before Before the army came Please remember Victor Hara in the Santiago Stadium. Es verdad, those Washington bullets again. And in the Bay of Pigs in 1961, a banner for the Playboy in the Cuban sun. For Castro is the color, is a redder than red. Those Washington bullets want Castro dead. For Castro is the color.
Space programming on WVEW is underwritten, programming on WVEW is underwritten in part located by in everyone's books. Located in downtown Brattleboro at 25 Elliott Street. Elliot Street. independent bookstore that has been serving the community for over 30 years. They specialize in books about social change, the environment, politics, and travel, and offer a huge range of children's books. You can reach them by phone at 802-254-8160 or online via their website at everyonesbks.com. WVEW thanks Everyone's Books for their support of this station. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. Um, We are doing a show today on songs of resistance to war in lieu of what's happening in Iran right now, but we're also currently... Um, involved in wars in at least seven countries in addition um, to to the possibility of going to war with Iran as well. Um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the song we just listened to? Yeah, it's called Washington Bullets by The Clash, and it, it lists a whole bunch of different um, uh, areas of the world where the, the Washington or the U.S., as they say, has been involved in um, creating war. Um, they mention specifically Chile and Allende, um, and helping the over, overthrow of Allende. Um, but in particular, um, kind of using the U.S. military might to gather resources. And just a, a quote again from um, the New York Times, um, and there's all the rhetoric about why we go to war, whether it's weapons of mass destruction or it's a dictator and we're trying to liberate a country or women in particular or whatever it may be. But um, this quote from the Times about Allende's ouster from Chile, um, quote, Allende's supposed authoritarianism isn't why the CIA sought his ouster. It wasn't his means of pursuing redistribution policies that offended the CIA and the U.S. corporate partners. It was the redistribution policies themselves. So could you talk a little bit about the significance or history of that, Marisa? Um, not that in particular, but I was thinking more about Iran. And um, so in, I think it's also important to know that in 1951, um, uh, the Iran's prime minister, Mohammad Mossadegh, attempted to nationalize the oil industry in Iran. Um, the industry was owned by the British at that time, um, after the what was happening with World War II. Um, so Mossadegh attempted to nationalize Iran's oil industry, um, and two years later, the CIA um, overthrew Mossadegh um, in a coup d'etat um, because of that, because of that attempt to nationalize. And I think that we can see that in other countries as well, um, which you were pointing to, Chris, um, with that song we just listened to. Yeah, and certainly in Chile and Guatemala, the um, nationalization of resources there led to um, a coup against a democratically uh, the democratically elected government in Guatemala. We certainly, um, Chavez became an enemy of the United States because he did the very same thing, nationalizing the resources. And um, as we know, nationalizing means taking them out of the private sector, taking them out of uh, control by foreign interest, and in theory, um, providing for your people with the resources of your country, the resources that are in your country. And we've also, we've done um, some shows on Venezuela, um, and we encourage you to listen to those shows as well, where we talk about um, resources, the nationalization of food, and um, and what that means for uh, for the United States, actually, and, and for the people of Venezuela. Um, I also wanted to point out that the coup was, was met with a lot of uh, resistance from the people of Iran, so much that the U.S. and Israeli intelligence officers worked with Iran to set up um, SAVAK Savak, I think, yeah. um, which, is an, which was an Iranian intelligence organization that was later blamed for the torture and execution of thousands of political pr- prisoners um, in order to violently suppress the dissent of that coup. And I, I wonder, they, after the coup, they installed the um, Pavlavi family again, who were monarchs prior to the um, Mossadegh's coming to power, um, both the father and the son before that. And they brought this person out of exile and propped him up as the, the Shah, the leader of Iran. Um, and as Marisa said, um, using his military... Um, 
their secret police and the the National Guard to brutalize the population um, created a lot of tension, uh, a lot of anger, a lot of resistance, a lot of um, pushback against the government of Iran, which um, led to what we now know as the the Iranian Revolution in 1979. And so it was that U.S. Um, inserting and propping up and also with the Israelis providing the, the tools to allow the Shah to um, control his people against their wishes. So I thought that we would listen to one of my favorite songs, <laughs> Bill Oaks' What Are You Fighting For? Would that be all right, Chris? Oh, I think that would be great, and that's... Uh, Kind of one of everyone's classics, so let's play that. <laughs> oh, you tell me that there's danger to this land you call your own. And you watch them build the war machines right beside your home. And you tell me that you're ready to go marching to the war. Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Before you pack your rifle and sail across the sea Just think upon the southern part of land that you call free Oh, there's many kinds of slavery and we found many more Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? And before you walk out on your job and answer to the call just think about the millions who have no job at all And the men who wait for handouts with their eyes upon the floor I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Turn on your TV, turn it on so loud And watch the fool is smiling there and tell me that you're proud and listen to your radio, the noise it starts to pour Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Read your morning papers, read every single line And tell me if you can believe that simple world you find Read every slanted word till your eyes are getting sore I know you're set for fighting but what are you fighting for? Unlisten to your leaders, the ones that won the race As they stand right there before you and lie into your face If you ever try to buy them, you know what they stand for I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Put ragged clothes upon your back and sleep upon the ground and tell police about your rights as they drag you down And ask them as they lead you to some deserted door Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? But the hardest thing I'll ask you, if you will only try Is take your children by their hands and look into their eyes and there you'll see the answer you should have seen before If you'll win the wars at home, there'll be no fighting anymore Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. You just listened to Phil Oaks, What Are You Fighting For? And I'm Marisa Nielsen here in the studio with Chris Liebensee. And we are part of Indigo Radio uh, on the air every Sunday at noon, noon to one. Um, we're a group of educators and we are also um, local teachers, but also work with the Spark Teacher Education Program um, in Brattleboro and at the Marlboro Graduate Center. Um, so today we're talking a little bit about Iran and playing you songs of resistance to war. And I just want to add, Marisa, I think one of the key things for me is that we are teachers and we're also learners and educators in this. And so in this learning aspect, we both um, saw Iran in the news, saw what was happening. We certainly saw what was happening with Venezuela. And but we I myself didn't have a really strong background of kind of the nuances and what had happened historically and what 
what is currently happening. And so we wanted to, I, I, uh, we wanted to do um, this in two parts and allow us to do a little bit more research and kind of understand this topic even more um, as it's unfolding and, and some of the history that led to what it is today. And I think um, part of what led us to this show today was just seeing the parallels of past shows that we've done and past study that we've done on places like Venezuela, um, where the U.S. has imposed sanctions on countries because of um, f- being threatened by their um, pro-nationalism um, agendas. And, um, and, and that has been historical, you know, at least since Vietnam, but probably before that as well. Um, we wanted to point out a couple of things that that people might not remember, which was in 1988, an American Navy ship shot down an Iranian civilian plane, killing all 290 passengers and crew on board. Um, and I, I just imagine if that had happened in the reverse, you know, what, what kind of an excuse would we have made to go to war there? Um, and um, I don't know, Chris, should we, should we play another song? Yeah, I wanted to add on to that. That was in 88, and we had the um, the Islamic Revolution in 1979, which then led to the taking of hostages, U.S. hostages. <coughs> and it was a huge um, piece of what happened in the election, the Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan election, and it kind of dogged Carter his entire kind of re-election campaign, among many other things, but that was one of the things um, that was on the newspaper every day, how many days they had a calendar on every paper, 100 days, 120 days, 121. It was this countdown or count up of how many days that these Americans were being held. Um, and it it was portrayed as uh, Carter being soft um, on the world and on with the military. And Reagan, part of his um, narrative was that I'm going to be strong. I'm going to refuse to... Um, negotiate with terrorists, and I'm going to get our people home. Um, Reagan won the election for a number of reasons, and that was a piece of that. Uh, Two hours after he was inaugurated, uh, they released the hostages. So Reagan was able to say, look, they were so afraid of me, they released the hostages right away, and it it propelled him to have two terms um, part of that as well. Um, But the other piece of that is that all of the negotiations that went on were done under Carter and with Carter. That that wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't have been released under Reagan's watch had it not been for Carter. And so um, it was a, a huge um, kind of piece of my childhood, again, as I remember that those numbers in the newspaper of how many days, how many days, and it's when will they come home. There was a failed uh, rescue attempt in the desert that a plane got the sand clogged up some helicopters and crashed, and we couldn't get them out, and it just seemed people felt inept that America was losing its strength. And here comes this person to Ronald Reagan to show us again that we are strong. Um, and so the, the mantra, I will not negotiate with terrorists happened. Um, but a few short years later, um, as we were going and trying to do a regi- regime change in Nicaragua, um, the U.S. had passed a law, the Boland Act, which said you cannot, um, the CIA, um, and others cannot um, provide money for that regime change, and they they went around this in what has became known as the Iran Contra scandal <clears throat> in '85 and '86, propelled Oliver North to be a household name, and where we um, traded arms for money from the Iranians, who were our supposed enemies and terrorists, but we traded, gave them weapons, gave them I think it was 1,600 missiles for them to give us money. Uh, we gave a portion of that money to the Contras in Nicaragua so that they could fight the popular movement, the Sandinista movement. And so the the contradiction uh, and what we say and what we do being incredibly stark. So um, do you have a song in mind? Um, let's see. Let's do Another World by Manu Chao. Excellent. Yes, one of the favorites of the show, Manu Chao. Uh, let me cue that up here. And here we go. Another 
Soñé otro mundo tan lejos y tan cerca Soñé otro viaje, cuatro caminos, cinco destinos Soñé la risa, soñé la ilusión Soñé otro mundo, soñé menos joda Soñé una mañana que en fin se podía Soñé de un amor de noche y de día Soñé la fortuna, soñé la alegría Soñé de la luna que no se rendía Y que a mi gato le decía Calavera no llora Serenata de amor, calavera no llora, no tiene corazón. Soñé sin guerra, soñé sin temores, soñé sin vallas, soñé sin paliza. Soñé una faena que nunca sacaba, soñé una verbena que siempre otra vez. Calavera no llora, serenata de amor, calavera no llora, no tiene Soñé al trabajar, soñé hasta enfermar, tan lejos y tan cerca, pacífico soñé tus olas, tan lejos y tan cerca, siempre toca llegar, siempre toca llegar. Soñé otro mundo, soñé conseguirlo, lo conseguí soñando, soñé al despertar. Lejos y tan cerca, tan lejos y tan cerca, siempre toca llegar. Calavera no llora, siempre toca llegar. Calavera no llora.
Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. Um, that's the past two songs, actually. The first one that you heard um, was Manu Chao Otro Mundo, um, Skulls Don't Cry, Serenade of Love, Skulls Don't Cry, They Don't Have a Heart, are part of the lyrics. And then you just listened to um, the Cranberries. Sorry, zombie. Zombie, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in that, they're... Um, talking about the independence of the of the irish um there's also a reference to the april uh, the 1916 um easter rising against the british occupation of ireland um and chris can you tell us a little bit more about why we chose to play that song well i i, I think about uh looking at iran um looking at um manu chow who's a french and spanish um Activist, uh, the zombies talking about the fight of the Irish uh, against English occupation. Uh, we've we've referenced Chile and um, Honduras and Venezuela, and that looking at any of the conflicts and the um, the tensions that are happening today, we have to look historically at what the antecedents of those are and seeing um, what caused those um, to bring us to where we are today. So just uh, examining Iran from um, a religious standpoint. Um, without looking at the the involvement of colonial powers, without looking at the history of colonization and colonialism and imperialism around the world, we're we're really not able to analyze um, why these things are happening um, in the world and what what has led us to today. And so, both of those songs, um, Manichao referencing both the past to talk about a different kind of future that we wanted, uh, the zombies talking again about. Um, this path that's led us up to today, I think we wanted to um, just lay the groundwork for, I think, part two of this, which is a little bit deeper dive into, in particular, Iran, but the connections. So we hope that you'll join us again um, next week. We are going to go out with a longer song. This is called War Pigs, and it's by Black Sabbath. Again, you're listening to Indigo Radio on the air noon to one on Sundays. We're a group of local educators um, and you can find us on Facebook and on SoundCloud if you missed a show um, or if you have any questions or comments about the show. So thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. And again, it seemed to fly by. I know next week we're going to revisit some of the events that are happening currently in Palestine. So look forward to that. I look for that show next week. Um, but again, as Marisa said, uh, War Pigs by Black Sabbath. <laughs> Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.